whatever you've gone through, whatever you don't have, whatever you failed at and you've succeeded at, those things don't define who you are. I've been attending, hosting, and I've been a part of a lot of women empowerment and women-centered events because March is International Women's Month. And last March 8th, we just celebrated International Women's Day. So I had such an amazing time. Uh, I came from the Go Negosho Women 2020 Entrepreneurship Summit. And there are a lot of things that I realized during those events. The first one will have to be that it's incredibly intimidating to be in a room full or a stage full of empowered, intelligent, successful women. And that's okay. I feel like as somebody who's been working in the broadcasting industry for a while now, one of the things that I really am always being thrown into are Difficult situations, like I'm thrown into talk to a movie star or to some Hollywood star or to my favorite singer, or I'm always meeting people that I look up to. And so it was so baffling for me to kind of feel incredibly nervous when I started to meet these amazing women during Women's Month. And I was kind of self-assessing and I realized that the reason why it's intimidating for me to meet women like that is because I want to be like them in the future. And I feel like a lot of girls, a lot of young women like myself, look up to these ladies and hope that they can be our mentors and our friends and people that we can have conversations with. So what I did is I went to my Instagram and I asked you guys if you had any feminine or ladies related questions that you'd like for me to answer here on the podcast and that is exactly what we'll be doing right now so yeah we we actually have a question from may radam and she asks what does women empowerment mean that's a good question right uh because you always throw that phrase around let's empower women women empowerment right or equality but we don't really get to go into detail as to what women empowerment really means. And for me personally, I feel like women empowerment is enabling women to be the best versions and to actually be able to achieve anything that they want for the betterment of their community and the world around them. So with women empowerment, I think it has a lot to do with education. I firmly believe that education is key. We have to educate not just our ladies, our little girls, but also, of course, the boys, right? We have to be able to educate one another, enable to thrive with each other. And also with women empowerment, I think it's also a lot about creating community, a community that's diverse, a community where a woman or a girl can feel like she can grow into whoever, whatever version of the woman that she is and still be accepted and loved and encouraged. And I think that's what women empowerment is all about. The reason why girl gangs and having your own girl group is so important is because we have to admit it, right? Like biologically, physiologically, men and women are very, very different. And so you have to find women who actually understand what you're going through. I mean, if I try to explain to my husband what it feels like to have my menstruation, he probably will not understand no matter how deep I go into it and no matter how detailed I go into it, he'll just go, Ew, I don't understand what you're talking about. So first and foremost, 
I mean, you know, it's it's really finding that group, right? And second, it's also educating my husband enough to uh, to make him understand that menstruation is not gross. It's something that happens to a woman every month or every few months if you are irregular like some girls. And that's normal. It's a part of life. It's not something that we should be afraid of or scared of or grossed out by. It's something that we should be able to openly talk about if need be. So I think... That's women empowerment. Thank you for that question. Next. Ah, this is a really good question. Speaking of menstruation, a question from Cess Velasco. She asks, what are the things that you do when you are having a bad mood because of hormones? Ah, do you ever experience this, Kiara? Have you ever had bad moods for just because you were hormonal? Yes. How about you, Rona? All the time. It seems like it seems like Rona is always hormonal. Is that hormones or maldita ka lang talaga? Ni <laughs> natin sure. Baka yung latter, guys. Ha? I think the first step uh, to not having a bad day because of your hormones hormones is really figuring out if it's your hormones or it's just your ugali. Whoa. <laughs> no, but I'm kidding. No, but it's true. I've had this so many times. I've actually. I've had to deal with hormonal imbalance and and sometimes it it's really different for every woman, right? Sometimes it goes out and it it shows itself through acne, like you have really bad acne when you're hormonal or you're so bloated when you're hormonal or yun nga, you're super moody. As in my husband knows that my menstruation is about to come because I would fight him, like literally fight him for no reason, no specific reason at all. It's probably just like he ate the last piece of kebab that we were supposed to share. And then I just fought him for it. And then I start going and having conversations like, how can I trust you to be the father of our children in the future if you can't even leave one piece of kebab for me? Happens. It happens to the best of us. And and honestly, I have no idea how to deal with it. No, uh, I think the way that you can deal with it really is to breathe. So if I'm having a hormonal day and if I, you know, I, I was kidding in the beginning, but it's actually really true. You have to be able to assess yourself. Am I being hormonal or is this actually a character characteristic thing that they need to develop and change, right? So if you're really moody and you think it's affecting your relationships in an unhealthy way, you have to stop yourself and say to yourself that, you know, it's okay to be who you are, but it's also okay to develop and grow into a better version of who you are. So if it's really a characteristic thing, then try and work on that, right? If it's a hormonal thing, you have to be kinder to yourself. What I usually would do is I take deep breaths. I take deep breaths. Before I say anything, I assess if it's really something that I want to say and if that's something will help the both of us and it's not just a way for me to vent out my feelings or my frustrations or my mood swing. Or sometimes I do things to pamper myself to kind of alleviate the pain of going through hormonal problems if you're being moody. I go and try to have a nice bath, a nice shower. I get to have a good meal and then I try to work out. A lot of people actually tell you to not work out during your period or during your menstruation but it actually helps with blood flow so if you do light workout during your menstruation or even when you're just being moody you're gonna get all those endorphins in pumped in your body and that's really gonna help out with your mood swings another thing that really helps me is just being married to someone who's educated enough with hormonal and with with 
mood swings and hormonal problems that he knows how to adjust with it. The thing is, Wancho has four women in his life before I came in. So he has his mom, who is amazing. He has an older sister and two younger sisters. And when I met Wancho, even before he got married, one of the stark characteristics that he had was that he was very caring. And he was especially caring when I had my period. So sometimes he would give me foot rubs or he would buy me food. He'd order my favorite food even before I, I tell him about it. Or the, the one of the funnest memories I have of, of Wancho was he knew that I had my period. And so what he did was he bought me an ice cold can of my favorite soda and he gave it to me and he said, I know this comforts you during your period. So I hope you can you can drink this and it'll help you. So it's really good to be surrounded by people who will take care of you, especially during those difficult seasons and your mood swings and your hormonal imbalances. Um, but if you aren't there yet, if your partner or the people around you aren't there yet, I think it's not good that you just spite them for it. You spite them for not knowing what they're going to do. Our responsibility as people who are going through it is to really educate them and help them understand the things that you're going through. As women, if we have our male partners, right, we have to educate them and make them understand that, hey, please understand I'm just being moody because I have my period. Please, wag na lang ako patulan. Sometimes I tell that to my husband. Please just let me be for the next 30 minutes and then I'll meet with you where you are when I'm finally ready. So I think that's how you deal with mood swings. Huh? Okay? Tama ba? Pwede, di ba? Another person from Instagram asked me a super difficult question. Uh, and it's something that I feel like a lot of women go through each day, especially girls who commute. And uh, it it's really hard. Even me, even if I don't commute, sometimes just... I've experienced this so many times where I'm walking down the street. So the, her question actually is, how do you handle cat callers on the street? Uh, and this has happened to me so many times. It continues to happen to me to this very day. Even while I'm walking my dog, what would happen is I would walk Bowie and then there's a truck passing by me, right? Truck passing by me with three guys in, in the car. And, um, and what they would do is they'll, they'll honk their horn and then they'll slow down and just, you know, make you feel uncomfortable. And it makes me uncomfortable just even talking about it right now. And I know that that's even coming from a place of privilege. Maybe a lot of other women have gone through worse with catcalling, of course. Uh, and I, I honestly, to this point, to this day, I still don't know how to deal with it. Sometimes in my head, because I get so angry, and you must forgive me for being angry. Sometimes in my head, I want to be able to hold like raw eggs, like raw rotten eggs in my purse and just start throwing it at anybody who does that to me. I used to think about that because it's just, it's so annoying. Like you're not, I'm not even, sometimes because they say, it's what you're wearing. It's how you're walking. I'm like, I'm in my joggers, guys. I'm in my joggers and an oversized t-shirt. And it's, and it's still something that, I experience and I'm not generalizing men. I know that there are amazing gentlemen out there who are going to be respectful and loving to you, but there are also some people, some guys who can be so rude and make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, if I'm going to tell you what you're supposed to do during that moment, I honestly don't know 
what I would usually do is just try to avoid eye contact. To I try to like turn my back away from them and I try to not pay them any attention. But if it's going into the deeper solution as to how we can stop instances like that, I really think it starts with education and it also starts with character building. Um, listen, one of the most difficult things that we all have to deal with these days is focusing on the skin deep things of the world. So we focus a lot on success. We focus a lot on how you can maximize your talents. You focus a lot on making money and growing your business, which are all good things. But when you think about it, the reason why there are, there are cat callers on the street, it's because people aren't educated enough and characters aren't developed enough to actually better those around us. So for me, for, for instances like that to stop, it has to start in the home. It has to start in the character building in the home, right? So when you when you are blessed with children in the house, make sure that you, you are the one to educate them, to tell them about the value of every individual human being, to tell them about the value of women and how you're supposed to take care of them and respect them, to keep those instances from happening again. So it's character building and education. It's also something I think that we should start teaching in schools you know we 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 teach algebra in school which i have not used since i was in high school but we don't really focus on character building and i think that should be part of the conversations that we have and even just being able to you know be intentional about the conversations that we have in regular situations you're having dinner with your friends you're hanging out with people you've just met someone make sure to incorporate those important information, important conversations and be intentional about them because the cat callers aren't born, they are made. So, yeah. And honestly, it's not it's not a woman's responsibility to solve that problem. It's it's a societal thing. Well, last second to the last question. Is it okay for women to make the first move, asking them out for dinner, texting first? My answer will be yes. Personally, I'm not the type to make the first move. My husband did all the moves for us to get to the altar. But for me, I think it's it's really nice that women are actually having, you know, the the courage and like the the character to ask a man out on a date. And and I've asked my guy friends, my best friends about it. They actually like it also sometimes when when a girl asks them asks them out on a date and makes the first move. I think it really depends also on how interested you are in the guy. I still believe in the old school um, panliligaw here in the Philippines. I love that. I love the legal phase. I love the pamamadhikan phase. I love the pursue uh, pursuit phase and I think that's something that I really enjoy but I understand also that some women don't uh, I remember my dad uh, told me before sabi niya, you know men kasi talaga are natural hunters so they really like the chase of chasing a woman and they really find it so uh, valuable when they finally pursued that woman and I see that I see that that's the natural inclination of most of my guy friends but they're also the outliers you know and I feel like for any woman if you're not hurting anyone if you are doing the right thing you think and if you're really attracted to this person I don't see why not I don't see why not pursue and try to hang out with that person as I always say here on the podcast it doesn't even have to be a first date it can even be just 
have coffee, have a great conversation. If it escalates into another thing and that guy asks you out on another date, then then well and good. If not, then at least you actually went out of your comfort zone and made a new friend. Stop putting unnecessary pressure on yourself and in the people around you. It can just be a new friendship. It can just be a new relationship that does not necessarily have to be romantic. Okay. And last but not the least, good question. Okay, this is a constant question that I got from the thread, right? It's how do you gain confidence and how do you not feel insecure? I guess the first thing that I have to tell you um, is that it's okay to feel insecure and it's okay to feel like you don't have the confidence to be the person, the woman, and the career person that you want to be. But what's not okay is to stay in that feeling of insecurity and of not having that confidence. So you have to first acknowledge the fact that it's okay to feel that way. A lot of people feel that way. Even the most popular, even the most successful people feel that way. They feel insecure and they don't feel the same level of confidence that people assume that they have. So it's okay to not feel as confident as you would want to be. But for me to gain confidence is really to start First, acknowledging that God made you in his image. And that means that you have intrinsic value. Wherever you come from, whatever it is that your background, whatever you've gone through, whatever you don't have, whatever you failed at and you've succeeded at, those things don't define who you are. The fact alone that God created you and you are a human being made in his image and that you are here on this earth now, given the talent, the time, the treasures that you have, that individual thing that nobody else has but you, that means that you are valued and you are cared for and you are loved. So in that alone, always remember that there's a divine intrinsic value in you. The next thing is to really work on those things. What, what are the things that you were born with, right? Some people were born with the talent of talking in front of others. Some people were born with the talent of thinking. Some people were born with, with sports and, and the athletics, right? So you focus on those things. You acknowledge your strengths, you acknowledge your weaknesses, and you start honing them. Insecurity and confidence doesn't come from the affirmation of other people. It comes from the sureness that you have of the capabilities that you've gained throughout the years. So it's always about working with who you are and what with what you can and really developing that. And the third, I'd have to say, is to build a community around you. By building this community, you're telling yourself that A, no person can do it on their own, and B, that by being a part of a community, you're not only succeeding and growing and being confident for yourself, you're also doing it for the community around you and the people that you can actually help by going out of your comfort zone and being more confident in who you are. I think the difficulty of, of focusing on being confident and not being insecure anymore is that it's really focused on the self. But if you're focused on the self, you won't grow. You won't grow and it will be purposeless, right? So if this confidence is something that you are supposed to be gaining for the betterment of the people around you for the company that you have or the family that you have, then it'll thrive. So always focus on how you can help yourself and help 
others. So that's the final question for um, Adulting with a Joy Spring and Women Empowerment, of course, the Women's Month that we just celebrated. It was really such an amazing uh, thing that we got to talk about women empowerment and the things that ladies have to deal with on a regular basis. Even just talking about your period menstruation and feminine care, which I haven't I haven't really gone out and talked to other ladies about because of the taboo that that's surrounding it, right? Um, but as always, it's it's always about uh, communication. It's communication. It's community. It's being able to encourage one another, to empower one another, to educate one another. And as I said during that panel, we don't necessarily have to agree with each other to be kind to one another. And that's something that I'd love for you guys to also repeat to yourself as we celebrate Women's Month. And as always, um, you know, put together the communities, bring together these communities, be active in these communities and help each other out. Because at the end of the day, when we're together, we're stronger. So there, that's for this episode of Adulting with Joy Spring. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll talk to you guys soon. Paalam. And that's it for this episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, go to www.joyspring.com. And if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash adultingwithjoyspring. I'll talk to you guys soon. Paalam.